Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by HF Plaster, and with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, South Stan Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, it's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode number 256. Thanks to everyone who tuned into last week's show. This week... We've got a bit of a fantastic uh, game that we're going to be talking about. That was against Oldham. We're going to review that uh, blow by blow. Plus, we also catch up on events from the past week. And just before we uh, give our podcast sponsors a mention, there was a talking point about Kenny Jacket clapping the Orient fans. And I think it was just something that was mentioned in conversation <laughs> that's really blown up. And I think a lot of people kind of missed the point a bit and said it's all about the results. I'd rather have a manager that, that won games, but... Uh, rather than clap the fans, but actually the two events were mutually exclusive in a sense that it was just a show of appreciation towards fans who had travelled the length and breadth of the country, and even at home as well, but it was made out on social media, as you can imagine, to be so much more than it needed to be, so just wanted to make that point. It made me laugh, because Adam had mentioned it uh, when he co-hosted after the Carlisle game, and nobody uh, responded, like it was out there, and then... It was a day or so after the podcast went out on Sunday. I think Tuesday morning we got a tweet. and Obviously we retweeted it because everyone's free to have opinions. And then it was that tweet that seemed to spark and ignite all this uh, feedback that we got. And we, you know, personally, it doesn't really matter to me if Kenny claps or not. I think if I had travelled 300 miles and done a long away trip, I think I probably would want to clap. But that wasn't the point we were putting across. It was someone's opinion. Mm. Uh, but it was really interesting to see, actually, people not that fussed about it. But that's what the podcast is here for. It's to get opinions from fans and then have debates. And that's why we retweet everything we get. So Absolutely. people can have those debates. Yep. So thank you to everyone who contributed and who contributed us yesterday during the actual match, saying, because Kenny actually clapped the fans yet um, which I think we'll actually come on to uh, because we did get tweets about it we did just, I think just to cover that I mean he did clap the fans but that was Kenny give us a wave amazing <laughs> he amazing. did end up clapping but anyway that is Clapgate covered let's move on then yeah so let's start the podcast as always with a shout out to our sponsors who are AJF Plastering who hopefully you know Ben are an Essex based plastering and rendering company that cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work specialising in silicone colour render systems. And ladies and gentlemen, the best part is they offer 15% off for all late tonight fans and staff, whether they want a clap from Kenny Jacket or not. Don't worry, you'll still get your 15%. So if you want more information about AGF Plastering, you can visit their website, which is www.agfplastering.co.uk, or you can email agfplastering at outlook.com. Or if you're on social media, go and have a look for the boys. They're on Instagram and Facebook under HF Plastering. Or Adam himself is on Twitter at Big Ads with a Z, L-O-F-C. Absolutely. So moving on now then to the Supporters Club. Just an update on this. Remind you that Bristol Rovers uh, is next Saturday, the 18th of September. Uh, adult fares for this are 28 quid. Concessions are 25 and kids under 15 uh, are 14 pounds. Coaches leave the supporters club at half past eight. And two new ones for you as well. Port Vale on Saturday the 2nd of October, leaving at 9.30 from the supporters club. That's a 37 pound fare. That's a bit further away. 34 pound a concession and 19 pound for children or kids under 15. Barrow on the 9th of October, a long journey up to Barrow. That is leaving at an absolute red eye time of 7am. 
adult fares for this are just 43 quid, 40 pounds for concessions, uh, and kids under 15 are 22 pounds. Bit of a spicy one, Barry, now, managed by Mark Cooper. Mark Cooper so I imagine yeah. a few way fans will want to go down there and uh, maybe not sing it's a the long li- way to go not to give the, the guys some yeah, grief. Not sing the nicest songs about Mark Cooper, I yeah. imagine. Um, so all of these trips are going to cost you another couple of quid if you're not a member. Under 16s can travel. Uh, as we've already mentioned, uh, but just to remember, uh, just to remind you, sorry, that these prices do not include your match day tickets. You need to buy them separately, and you can book any of these trips. You can go into the supporters club on a match day, or you can call the travel line on 07507 539 579. It's a new number there for you, so that's 07507 539 579. Nicely done. Nicely done. Thanks, don't, mate. don't be the schmock who's halfway to Carlisle and realises they've got no money on them or their card and doesn't have a ticket for the match. That, that would, would be, be stupid. That would be stupid. So quite a bit of AOB this week. So we're going to start off AOB this week with a shout out to young O's fans, Darcy Ingle, Luke Ingle and Bradley Ingle, who were all at yesterday's game. And that was Bradley's first football match. We're also going to shout out Jonah Epstein and indeed any other young Orient fans who went to their first game yesterday too I think we're going to come on to another little man a bit yeah. later whose first yeah. game was yesterday I mean what a first game to be at it oh. does not get much better than that so parents tell your children if you took them on Saturday that is not the norm that is an exception <laughs> to the rule do not get them used to final wins at home imagine we get promoted this season as well in, in their first season of going to football imagine yeah. it's like, is it like this all the time daddy no, no son you will learn <laughs> um, our condolences on a slightly sadder note go to former Leighton Orient defender U Terry Howard uh, whose father Terry Senior sadly passed away earlier this week so we send our condolences and heartfelt uh, appreciation to uh, to Terry uh, and uh, best wishes as well to, to the family yeah there are wedding bells this week so congratulations to O's fan and listener Gary Jeffrey who is on Twitter at The Authentic Gaz he got married on Saturday at the weekend to Sarah mate you missed a cracking game of football yeah what are you doing Gary getting married when I'm at home on a Saturday <laughs> Gary Sarah we hope you had a lovely day congratulations uh, from us Absolutely. Uh, and well done to UPR Pumas, uh, under 13 side, managed by Orient fan Stu Hebron, including super duper Harry Hebron, who played their first league game of the season today. And they drew a whopping wow. six. Oh, that was a cracking game. They were 6 3 down going into the last five minutes, and with a great burst from midfield and a pass from Harry to set up the equaliser. So well done to the UPR Pumas as well. Yeah, sounds like quite a match. What a game. Yeah, yeah it's down there soon. So Need to work on the clean sheets though, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go on to the week. Only joking. That was been happy Monday, the 6th of September. We'll start by saying happy new year to all our Jewish listeners who celebrated the new year. We wish you a very happy and healthy new year. Absolutely. The club announced that Leighton Orient side will travel to Dartford the following night to play in a friendly stating that the squad is expected to be made up of those who have not had too many match minutes recently, as well as a number of players from the under-18 side. Yeah, move on into Tahue Tuesday, the 7th of September, and the Cyprus under-21s were in action again in the evening against Liechtenstein as Hector Kipriani started at right centre-back, and Marelsa Tui started up front in a 3-4-3 formation, and Cyprus ran out 6-0 winners again, so the same result as previous the week before, but this time neither Ruel or Hector Got on the score sheet, but well done, gents. Two mm. fixtures, two sets of 90 minutes from both, we believe. Two 6 0 wins, 
great stuff in them both. Yeah, I'm not sure if Ruel came off slightly early, but yeah, yeah by and large, yeah. it was uh, it was. And Hector, I think Hector played at right right centre. I think we might mention that he played right centre yeah. back. Yeah, so you know, playing in a non yeah. uh, club position, if you like. Um, so, as we mentioned just a moment ago, a young Orient side did travel to Dartford for a mid-season friendly and the starting eleven was announced as follows. We had Phillips, Tanga, Sweeney, Riley, there was a trialist, Sapanora, Young, Papadopoulos, Nkrumah, Kemp and Omatoi were in the starting eleven with Campbell, Obiero, R. Pegram and C. Pegram, uh, Clement and Ojo were on the bench. Yeah, XO's Connor uh, SM. Wow, that feels like ages ago he played, he played with Sammy Moore, yeah. Yeah, even longer, well, an even older XO, George Porter, who we don't like very much on this podcast, nope. uh, lined up for mm-hmm. Dartford, who also named several trialists in their squad. So Dartford took the lead in the 28th minute through one of their trialists. Roberts doubled their lead in the 35th minute, and just seven minutes into the second half, Dartford made it 3-0, very comfortable for them. We got a consolation goal in the 87th minute through Dan Kemp as the match finished 3-1 to the host. So the highlights are available on YouTube. They're not on your YouTube channel. They're available via the Dartford channel. So if you're interested, I think they're eight minutes long and you want to watch, um, you can watch it on YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. So nothing to report for Wednesday the 8th of September. So we'll move on now to Thursday the 9th. Yeah, so Thursday the 9th. Happy birthday, two birthdays in the house to former Orient Promotion winning manager Frank Clark, who was our second interview at Orient Out at Podcast Hours. So I still remember how that came about, actually. That was amazing. I'd never expected him to, to respond. I went through the League Managers Association and I just emailed or left a message and said I would like to get in touch with him and literally... I think within an hour, hello, Paul. Like, I remember <laughs> this just deep voice. That's I just, hello, Paul. That kind of diction to, to his voice. And it's Frank Clark here. I was like, oh my God. Like, I genuinely, yeah. and I was at work at the time. I was like, oh my God, hello. <laughs> it was just fantastic and such a lovely man. Yeah, great interview. Available yeah. on all our channels. Quite an early interview. I think like after episode 11 so or 12, like, really yeah, early. 2014, on. 2000. So you have to scroll a bit back. Yeah, so I wish but, Frank. But on SoundCloud, we've got a channel, haven't we? We've got yeah, interviews. Interview po- channel, yeah. Yeah, so it's in there. So if you haven't listened to it, go and listen to it. He talks about all the time managing the owns and obviously the promotion winning season. So it was his birthday. Mm. It was also goalkeeping coaches Simon Royce's 50th birthday. So we hope you both had a great day, gentlemen. Absolutely. Another birthday, actually, slightly unexpectedly. Congratulations to ex Orient player. Jamie Turley on the safe and very early arrival eight weeks I believe of wow. his daughter um, yeah and we hope that mum and baby are doing well I saw a post of his today and apparently Litland's put on uh, quite a few grams as it were in this at this point of her development so yeah we wish wish you guys every success and every health and happiness yeah great nice stuff. to hear good news also on Thursday quite a lot of news at this point coming out about the forthcoming game against Oldham no secret how uh, much of a struggle it is for Oldham and their supporters at the moment due to their ownership it was announced uh, basically that you could buy tickets on the door for Oldham fans so Unbelievably, I mean, it takes us back to some dark times. I'm not going to yes. name uh, the certain no, we don't names. Talk about Everyone that. knows who they are, but a terrible place for Oldham fans to be, where as the owners are not even letting them go to games because they're protesting quite rightfully against some disgraceful ownership. Orient completely doing the right thing, making tickets available for away fans on the gates. So that was announced. Not that obviously, I got a great um, 
reception, not just from Oldham fans, but from Orient fans and a lot of football journalists, all in support of what Orient had done there. You know, we've been there, we've done that. It was a terrible time and we've been lucky enough to come through it. So hopefully it'll be the same same for Oldham. I think just to be clear, I don't think they were not going to make them... I think the club even said that at no point had the directors of Oldham said right. that they can't sell it. But I think we made quite a big point that the tickets are available. And I think it was just the fact that um, they'd stopped selling tickets to right. fans for the game if you didn't have a season ticket. Right, okay. So they, some, and ID, they wanted ID with each ticket Mad. for whatever reason that was. So, but then we turned around and said, actually, we're just going to make them available to you on the day. You don't have to book in advance or yeah. anything. So, you know, yeah, and absolutely. I don't know why, I don't know, understand, and I don't think anyone will be able to understand why Oldham felt the need to take that position and not sell t- tickets to their own fans who could just travel down on the day anyway and, yeah. and just buy a ticket. It, it, just, it just screamed lunacy of the days pre, you know, 2014, yeah. 2017 period for us. So that's why I think there's such an outpouring of... of Mutual respect because we've been there, done that, and got a four nil drab in away as obviously we will come on to. So yeah, no kudos go to Leighton Orient for that and to our club and uh, you know done absolutely the right thing. And I think that yeah we'll come on to to what happened at the Oldham game, but I think that was a brilliant, brilliant atmosphere and uh, good luck to Oldham. So Kenny Friday, the tenth of September, and a happy twenty fourth birthday to injured striker Paul Smith. Yeah, hope you're getting well in your... Hamstring looked all right in a wedding video that I saw, though. <laughs> Dancing away like an absolute good one. Like, good luck to him, though. So he's obviously recovered. Yeah, hopefully he's all yeah. right. So the club also, later in the day, announced a new sponsor for the South Stand, which will now be known, it's quite a long title, it's as the Cash Converters Tommy Johnson <laughs> South Stand. Lovely Catching roll of one. the tongue, that one. So we look forward to sitting in our seats in the Cash Converters Tommy Johnson's... <laughs> South Stand, along with all our top cash converters, Tommy Johnson, South Stand chums. <laughs> so let's move on then to Saturday the 11th of September. Obviously that was the day 20 years ago wow. when that uh, atrocity happened in, in New York on the Twin Towers. The youth team were at home to MK Dons. The team lined up with Campbell, Arpegram, Soji, Sterk, Hajini, Apat, Tanga, Clements and Krumah, Obiero and C. Pegram. Yeah, so we'll cover this very loosely. We kicked the game off. We took the lead in the sixth minute thanks to a nice Obiero finish. He seems to be coming up quite a lot with goal scores. So look forward to him breaking through soon. MK Dons were level 14 minutes later and took a 2-1 lead into half-time through a goal in the 29th minute. Yeah, Obiero scored the equaliser just five minutes into the second half and Krumah had a great chance to seal all three points but was denied in a one-on-one with the Don's keeper in the 90th minute. So literally just before the full-time whistle. So the game ended 2-0. And it seemed from what I read that we'd had a strong second half and we could have nicked all three points there had he have won that battle. But well done. Yeah. Well done to the, uh, to the young O's. Great stuff. They love a second half, the young O's, where they really do come on strong. So let's move on into the main event. It's Oldham Athletic visited the home of football and before the game we ran a Twitter poll as always to find out how you thought the O's would get on in this one we had 341 votes in 24 hours so not bad decent yeah. not bad there at I all. think anything over 300 I'm quite happy with yeah actually, very yeah. good you voted as follows and we've had some one-sided polls before I think this was probably the biggest ever that I, I remember think, seeing I remember, yeah. 5% of you thought this game would be a draw a cynical 6% of you thought we'd lose the game and I understand why but yeah. now you know in our new jacket ball land by far the highest vote for an outcome, 89% 
voted for a win. Quite rightly so. Yeah, quite so rightly so. Always thanks for everyone who votes. That normally goes up on a Thursday, early evening or Six later o'clock, in the evening. Yeah. Make sure you vote. So time to see how the drama unfolded. Absolutely. So the team was announced at two o'clock. It was Lawrence Vigor in goal with James, Beckles, Happy, Mitchell and Wood across the back. Prattley, Clay, Archibald, Drinnen and Smith up top. Substitutes for this one were Burns, Sweeney, Kiprianu, Papadopoulos, Kemp, Omatoyi and Satoriu. Yeah, so that starting lineup saw one enforced change to the starting 11. There's Dan Happy replaced Shadrach Ogi, who attested positive for COVID as Hector Kipriano and Ruas Satori both returned from international duty to take a place on the bench as former O's midfielder Usise missed out for Oldham due to injury. So for me, yeah, I mean, Kenny talked about a consistent 11, so mm-hmm. very similar to the 11 who lined up uh, last week away to Newport. So he seems to like that five yep. at the back. No problems there from me. Bench was a bit weaker mm-hmm. than what you would like. You're looking at that bench going... Yeah, you're all youngsters mm-hmm. apart. Like, Kipriano's the obvious Kipriano experience head, but... But yeah, I mean, Kemp, you go decent. No, you're getting. Satiru, not bad. I'm not sure he, he's the ideal sub to bring on if he can change the game. Well, although he's done well so far. Amatoyi, still not seen him enough to make comment on it, but the bench is slightly weaker than what you would like, but decent. Interesting that Riley wasn't on the bench. He played against Dartford in that starting lineup, so I don't know if he's had a setback somewhere. Um, overall, happy with that starting 11. Yeah, I mean, you know, I love a, a starting 11 that's unchanged. Yeah, Riley picked up a knock. Oh, did he? Yeah, uh, Riley's picked up a knock. Um, so, you know, to, to keep that consistent, you know, we've said it before. Picking a consistent side, all right, you might get sussed out a bit, but Kenny Jacket has switched the formations up. The players have adapted extremely well. So, whatever he's doing in training, his messaging is obviously very clear, very concise. They obviously work very hard to make sure that everyone knows what their jobs are. Because whether we're playing 4 3 3 or a 3 4 3 or a 5 3 2 or a 3 4, whatever that is, we seem to, we don't seem to be getting caught out and we're not getting tonked. Barring Harrogate is the yeah. only blip this season in six or seven games that we've we've played. We've tried different formations and we've not been uh, turned over. Yeah. So absolutely. for me, that's for me that's a that's a supreme positive. So we had a lot of lot of views in on this. Yeah, we certainly did. Dear Stu started them off by saying, "Don't understand why Ogie isn't playing or even on the bench." Obviously, we've explained that one. So it must be carrying an injury. Happy needs to start putting some good performances together. I agree with that. I think this is a pretty pivotal point now in Dan Happy's career because yeah. when Shad comes back and when Thompson comes back. I think he's going to have to really, really fight for his place. I think that he's got a lot of football to play this season. He's going to be at a very high level to keep yep. his place in the team. Yeah, I'm sure he's obviously held in high regard there. Um, and yeah, very interesting point. You know, Shad has come in as a young guy. He was out on loan last season in, in the National League. He's come in, he's taken his chance and he's done very, very, very well at that left centre-back role. It suits him really, really well. Yeah. He doesn't look out of place. So yeah, I think Dan has got... You know, he's gonna he's gonna have a, a real battle to keep that shirt. What happens when Chad's, you know, out of isolation and, and recovered? Uh, will Kenny keep Dan in, or will Shad yeah. earn his place, or will Shad be on the bench? So it's an interesting one. And as I picked up last night on the um, on Quest TV, you know, there's there's eight new players starting today. Absolutely, only three from. Last year, if you like. So, uh, interesting. That Lewis Fear underscore said, going with two wing-backs, going for wing play and whipping balls in. Must have full-backs overlapping. Must be a weakness for Oldham. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, good spot there from Lewis. David Rickard, 80. It's a strange one to chuck Happy back in. 
but I hope he proves me wrong. John Crab 3 said, yet to see an O's forward knock that Pier Gianni about. Maybe Smith is the man to do it. Well, actually, there's someone else who did that. Well, great point, though, because Pier Gianni is he's traditionally played very well against Orient. He's just a very good defender. Quite what he's doing at Oldham, I don't know. He <laughs> must be on a serious wedge at, at Oldham because, honestly, he's too good a defender to be at that end of the table yeah. in my opinion Len Chin Chin one finished off the views uh, pre-match by saying a strong first team who if make no silly mistakes should provide a win however must say this team will miss Ogie and Den Kemp in the starting 11 finished it off by saying come on you O's Dan Kemp likes that is suited to apparently to that 10 role there, there just isn't that in this setup. Kenny. there isn't that 10 role is there No, Kenny, in, in this Kenny Jackett doesn't play a number 10 role yeah so I think Again, we mentioned Happy. I think if you would have said pre-season that Dan Kemp would hardly played any minutes um, in the last couple of games, we would have gone, well, really? Mm-hmm. But we've not missed him. We've not missed him. I think we mentioned it before. Tom James takes a really good corner. We can also take a good free kick. Theo Archibald, we'll talk about a lot in the next kind of half hour in this episode. It's been sensational. Dan Kemp's going to have to fight for his way back in. Yeah. So, But great headaches to have with your Kenny jacket. These were all... Big players for us last season, happy camp this season. Can't even get, barely get into the starting eleven. But great Funny for that, us as it? fans, yeah. yeah. I think there's a lot of um, similarities with, and I, I know I keep harping back to it, but it's the most recent through my time of supporting Orient similarity that there is in the 13-14 season when we had that push into towards the championship where we had a core nucleus of starters, and yes, okay, we had a bit of strength in depth on the bench. Uh, but arguably that consistent lineup with the cons- with this core group of players and then a sprinkling of others who would keep pushing the others and being able to it slot in should something happen you know we're going to talk about it in a minute but I'm going to mention it now where Kemp's diving header and the keeper saves it and Smith then scores the fourth goal very unlucky there from Kemp if he does that does he give Kenny Jacket much of a headache to make him start Tuesday night or indeed next Saturday. So there's lots of lots of positives here. Yeah, I think I think the now will pick itself. Although I do think Adam Thompson walks back into that starting eleven. See, I don't over who when he's fit. I think he probably goes in over Mitchell when right. he's fit. Okay, um, and I think Paul Smith is seen as a first teamer. But then, but then I think that would cause a change of shape, and that's a very difficult decision for Kenny to make when you're on a winning run. But again, great headaches to have. So we look forward to more headaches to have. Mm. So, uh, no, a selection headache is the only headache that you want as a manager, yeah, obviously. Absolutely. So, absolutely brilliant. So, Oldham got the game underway with the O's looking to build on their impressive start to the season and with Oldham looking to improve on their poor start to the season, both on and off the pitch. Yeah, a few minutes in, nice passing move. So, Fia Archibald breakaway. The ball eventually came to Craig Clay. He had a cross, deflected in, found Aaron Drennan. And his flick on hitter went just wide. Yeah, fourth minute saw both sets of fans come together to protest against Oldham's current ownership with some singing and mutual applauding. Yeah, we obviously was... won't go into detail what those songs were, <laughs> but yeah, it was nice. It was a good relationship between the two fans. And I think a few Oldham fans were worried that there might be a pitch invasion, but nothing of the sort. Just, they were fantastic. Just nice support from both yeah. sets of fans. So seven minutes were on the clock as Oldham counted from our set piece and a mix up between Alex Mitchell. And Lance Vigger, who saw Mitchell clear the ball over the bar. Yeah, I saw Vig's mouth to Mitchell after that he'd called for it. Um, so you need to really be on point with your communication there and if we're going to keep a clean sheet. Because literally, if he'd have just missed that, that would have been a, a goal for Oldham. Yeah, I mean, um, it wasn't the best. I think, you know, obviously we win 
again, quite convincingly, but the first 15 minutes weren't great. And at that the first 15 minutes, you wouldn't have known who was near the top and who was near, near the bottom, the I'd say. It was pretty even. But the breakthrough came in the 17th minute from an Oldham corner. So Theo Archibald was the key art attack. He led a counter-attack down the left, skipped past the challenge, and suddenly he was in, running towards goal, mm. in just the most neat and perfectly weighted pass to Amandrinen, who was there by himself in the middle. He turned the ball into the bottom corner of the net. Third goal of the season to make it 1-0 to the O's. Yeah, superb counter-attack. That's absolutely fantastic. Brilliant goal. Theo was unbelievable there. He could have quite easily have lost his balance or gone down looking for a free kick, but actually, you know, intelligently stayed on his feet because he could see he had bounds and bounds of acres of space in front of him. And yeah, he could have quite easily run out of puff and squared that ball to, to Drinnen. Um, I, I saw Drinnen open his body up and side foot that in. The pessimistic Orient fan inside me saw that going past the goal, <laughs> past that post. But fortunately, and thank God, it just nestled into the bottom corner. Absolutely brilliant. I think he does well on quite a lot of levels, actually, because he just beats his man. And If that's Brophy, Brophy probably takes the dive. Yes, that's um, why I'm making that point, really. Yeah, so he does well. And then when he gets into the position, he comes to, just before he plays the pass, he has a chance to shoot. He looks up, and you can see he looks up, and he goes, right, have you got a pass here to Drinnen? I can shoot and we've seen it this season a lot of times our players are making the correct decisions he could have shot and I'm not saying he wouldn't have scored but playing that pass was the correct decision correct because Drinnen was in acres and the pass is perfect as a forward there's perfect pace on it and it's right in front of him Drinnen's not got to kind of arch his back because it's behind him he's not got to stretch because it's in front of him it's perfect so a great goal and I, I remember saying to you I was like, if we get one here we're going to go and spank these boys I was like, mm. once we get the first they'll have to come at us and that's not Oldham's game so great to see us get the goal quite early in the match in the 17th minute absolutely agree Paul Ravens 39 tweeted as he said but his scoring record from before he signed suggests he won't score goals for us still blows my mind that people judged him just like they did with Bond he fits the jacket system beautifully. And that's an absolutely bang on point. On paper, when we're signing these players, yeah. and we said it in the first podcast, okay, on paper, these guys are not setting you on fire in terms of your enthusiasm, right? They're just not. But you have to give them the chance to play in an orange shirt in a Kenny jacket system. And look, Smith's on five goals. Drilling scored his second and third goal of or second or third goal of the season, yeah. you know, and it's it, you have to give them the chance. It, yeah, people were really, really judgy, Paul. That's a really good point. Ten minutes later, our lead was doubled. Tom James picked up the ball in midfield. Somehow, you saw the coming together, and the ball just sort of beautifully yeah, flicked up and pinged over to him. Pratty goes in on a 50-50, and the ball loops up, and suddenly James controls it, and then He's in on. Like, he's in, in goal. he's got no one near him. There's no one even close to him. He drove forward. He sold Pier Gianni short with a dummy, but drilled his shot past Oldham keeper Jason Lutweiler to make it 2-0. Again, another superb goal. James showed great skill and composure to finish that because he could have quite easily spanked that wide or at the keeper. Great signing. Yeah, took it really well. And again, just made the point, but the right decision, right decision to send Pier Gianni on his backside, looks up and... I went right back past could have well fluffed these lines put that over but great finish 2-0 at that point you were like this game's probably done yeah that's right Ben Whitlock 30 tweeted and said I love the way that 30 minutes in we're 2-0 up well in control but Jackett's out of his area shouting at his players quality yeah hard to disagree there let's move forward into the 39th minute the first real Oldham chance as Bowden had a low shot from 20 yards out but Vigrou got down well 
to deny him held his shot. He'd done well with it at Viggs because he hadn't had much to do no. other than that and he held it because I think there was about three Oldham players all running in, running in yeah. on goal. So well done there to Viggs. Yeah, 41 minutes then. Theo Archibald broke away again but fired his effort well over the bar and perhaps there were better options available to him at that point. Yeah, Fair two, enough, yeah. don't blame him for taking the shot. Oh, uh, 2 nil when, when you've had an assist and clearly got the better of your fullback, go for it all yeah. the time. So two minutes mm. of time were added on, played out as the O's went in with a two-goal lead at the break. So the attendance was announced, 5,315 <clears> with 379 Oldham fans making the journey yeah kudos to them yeah. um, not easy to do that but I remember we travelled away well when we were in bother so absolutely brilliant no changes for the O's at half time Pratzinho got the second half underway and just three minutes in there was concern for Harry Smith who went down under a heavy challenge he eventually got up and carried on slightly limping but I guess he didn't want to yeah. Go off before he'd scored. Looked nasty, didn't it? Looked it nasty. Did. And he seemed to be down in a very like, For a awkward few position in a few minutes. So great to see him get up and be okay. Let's move forward to the 57th minute. Oldham went close as Hope got into the box. He curled an effort wide of the far post. That looked like, if that was on target, basically, that was going in because we was. was like nowhere near yeah. it, but went wide. Yeah, a minute later, Aaron Drinnen headed just over following a Tom James throw. And five minutes later, Woods' volley was just about held by Lutweiler. Yeah, just. Just. It looks like it might skim under his legs yeah. for a second. <laughs> 66 minutes. So Vigaru, again, hadn't had much to do. Needed to be alert as he dived low and got his fingertips to stop the Arara's shot from distance. That's a big save, that is. Because if that goes in, there's still about 25 minutes to play. It's 2-1. The Arara fans would have got a new lease of life and it would have been difficult. But... Viggs doing what he does best, keeping keeping shots out. Absolutely. 68 minutes was the first Orient substitution of the afternoon. Darren Prattley was replaced by Hector Kiprianu. Yeah, we hope Prattley's okay. I think I've seen a few things saying he had, took a knock. So hopefully Prattley is okay. Been a massive player yeah. for the O's this season. So 75th minute, we were all out of our seats again. As Theo Archibald put the game beyond doubt as he battled with Pierre Gianni inside the box another old defender came in to help him out but Theo was just too strong ball ricocheted out to him maybe a bit lucky but suddenly Theo was in and from a difficult angle smashed his shot into the net and that point 3-0 game over take a bow Theo Archibald oh, absolutely spot on he's been absolutely superb all afternoon deserved that really and he really battled hard Pierre John is a strong mobile big defender and he did really well I can't remember the name of the old defender that came to join him but I think it was his kick against either Piagiani's leg or, or yeah. Archibald's leg that means it kind of fell kindly for him and lovely brilliant like when, when you're at the top the luck goes your way Absolutely. and when you're at the bottom it, it just really doesn't but he did well he could have quite easily smashed that against the goalkeeper or not scored but I, I think Theo just saw the net and just like that's, that's it for me yeah. and it was brilliant really good once he was in, it's just one thing on his mind. He doesn't even look up to see who's in the box, like who's like oh, in the middle. Goal. Just okay. bang, goal, took yeah. it well. Deser- completely deserved. You could argue that's poor defending from Alden, but Theo deserves it like that. Yeah, the goal that he massively deserved. So, eighty-seven minutes in, almost four. As at this point, I'm just playing Ole football. It was done. Uh, Omar Beckles got his head onto a corner. Lutweiler got down low to make the save just. Yeah, absolutely. Two minutes later, double change for Orient as Royal Satori replaced Aaron Drinnen and Dan Kemp replaced Theo Archibald. Yeah, four minutes of time were added on and in the second minute, the icing was put on the cake as Tom James crossed the ball in a fantastic cross which saw Dan Kemp flying with a header which was excellently saved by Lutweiler. I don't think he knew too much about it to be honest. The ball looped up and there was Harry Smith to nod home the rebound from close range to make it 4-0 with his fifth 
goal of the season and take the plaudits from the cash converters Tommy Johnson's south stand <laughs> so great goal deserved it Dan Kemp will count himself unlucky but Smith you yeah. know, when you're in the right when you're in that vein of form you tend to find yourself in the right place Places, at yeah. the right time never going to miss it and arguably deserved his goal so Dan, Dan Kemp looked visibly disappointed. It, that what, he didn't it's a great score. point because when he scored, when when he kind of, he looks so upset. If you that see, he didn't yeah, when you see the camera pan to Smith, you can see Kemp in the corner with his head in his hand. It's like, like how on earth has the keeper saved that? And they actually laugh at him. You see, I think Clay and Smith even laugh at him and go, "Ha, oh, <laughs> I got it." Yeah, it's like just relax. We've <laughs> scored. Don't don't worry about kind of who's scoring it. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, shame for him. You know, he's he's obviously out with a point to prove. So from that point of view, that goal would have done his confidence the world of good and given Kenny a bit of a headache. But good. I want these players to have points. Absolutely. I want the subs to come on and go, right, I need to score today, otherwise I'm on the bench next week and that's yeah. not where I want to be. So brilliant for us. The full-time whistle went shortly after as rocking all over the world was played out. It was three points for the O's as the game finished 4-0. So David, they spoke... To Kenny Jacket after the match, we're going to play about two and a half minutes of Kenny's interview. So here's what Kenny Jacket had to say to David after the game. Well, Kenny, thanks for joining us. Congratulations. There was so much to appreciate from that performance. Yeah, I thought we played very well. Credit to the players. You know, they applied themselves uh, very well, and and by the end, you know, could have scored more goals, which is which is good to see in a win. Quite often you sit back, but you know we didn't in that end period. And there was a little bit of a lull start of the second half where we didn't quite get going, but fair play to, to, to the players again. They didn't let Oldham back into the game. And as I said, it's always good to see a side finish strong, whatever the, the, the scoreline. We did finish strong today. Uh, and, um, you know, it's, it's a good win that will encourage our supporters. And the breakthrough came from an Oldham Athletic corner. Yeah, definitely. And, and uh, you know, obviously set pieces are... A, a big part of things and, and you know we, we work hard at them on both ends but in terms of you know our, our goals we, we want goals from everywhere and every, every type of situation and it was a counter-attack wasn't it led by Theo Archibald he's got such pace he has and a nice left foot as well and, and does combine I think well with with Harry Smith you know and and, and, um, and Aaron Drinnen it's, you know, it's a good front three but also behind that we have we have some good players as well uh, Rule scored a fantastic goal here before going away with you know, with Cyprus, uh, under-21s, Rul Sartorio. Obviously, Dan Kemp has come on, who was unlucky not to score at the end. The keeper made a great save, but I'm pleased Harry Smith followed it up and um, and, and scored a goal. So, you know, there's there's players, you know, Omotoy, Nakaruma. You know, there's there's some players and some depth in that area, which is, which is good. And, and throughout the course of the season, we're going to need. Tom James wasn't given the man of the match but it was an outstanding performance yeah was it Omar was it Omar Beckles no it was Theo Archibald was it Theo Archibald yeah the crowd love love him really Um, scored a fantastic goal crucial goal second goal good composure checked back inside uh, Tom and finished it with his left foot and um, set up a a high number of other chances as well in terms of assists and Theo Archibald he's a fan's favourite isn't he as you say man of the match he's on loan from Lincoln City some of the faithful are concerned is there any danger that he could go back to his parent club? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's if you know he's on a season-long loan. Uh, that's the that's the uh, the situation. But um, you know, we'll, we'll see uh, what the future brings, really. But um, you know, he'll be with us this year, and, and that's what we're concentrating on at the moment. We have been pleased with him, and also, you know, if you've got a song that does help you in terms of being a footballer and a forward. 
So that was Kenny Jacket talking to David the Kenny. Wake up, Omar Beckles wasn't mad at a match, it was Theo Archibald. What game were you watching, son? So thank you to Dave, as always, for sending that one over. The full interview is on the club's official YouTube channel. So the league table then, that win, CZOs climb up to the dizzy heights of the automatic promotion spots. Yeah. Third in League Two. Let's all calm down for a second. We've only played seven games though, but we've won three, drawn three, lost the one game, 12 points. Goal difference of plus seven, which to note is the best goal division in the division. Mr. Goal difference in goal the division. Goal difference, sorry. Division, yeah. Mr. Levy, yeah. your views on what was quite a fantastic day. Absolutely brilliant day for lots of different reasons. You know, we expected a big win, but you, it's the Orient way to then go and lose 1-0 or something like that, which is why I understand the pessimistic uh, lose percentage that we had from people voting earlier. Four goals, clean sheets, some fantastic passing and moving football. Some of our movement... At times, and, and uh, all right, granted against an, a poor. Well, actually, I'm not going to say poor because at times I thought Oldham were actually quite dangerous, and I actually thought they, they were. We were clinical, and they were just like, uh, switched off at vital moments, and we were quite clinical. You know, it's not like we've peppered that Lutwiler's goal with like a hundred, a hundred shots at his goal. You know, we've we've created a good amount of chances, and we've scored four of them in the first half. I think we were that clinical that we'd only created two and scored two. So it's not that Oldham were that poor because actually there were signs of promise for them and I was actually, well, let's not get too comfortable here because the game's not, not over with yet. Archibald was outstanding, but I think you could say that about everybody. People getting stuck in, people getting forward, people defending properly in numbers. You know, Harry Smith, to give him a mention, he won all the corners that were coming in for Oldham and he was heading them out. I mean, obviously six foot seven, but that doesn't mean he could jump to, to ten foot. But he did really, really well there. So everyone had their defensive heads on, they had their attacking heads on. It just worked really, really well. Um, and you could also see the camaraderie amongst the players as well. You know, Harry Smith uh, was, um, uh, I think it was Tom, Tom James had come forward in the first, no, in the second half, and he'd not quite got his pass right, but. Smith, rather than berate him and go, oh, come on, do better, he was like, no, come on, brilliant, well done, like, well done for doing that. And it was just like the encouragement rather yeah. than the berating, which if you're at the other end of the table, I'm sure can probably happen, but absolutely brilliant. And, and the day for me was really topped off because it was my son Theo's first ever Orient game. He's only three. Uh, obviously, you couldn't bring him last year. Um, and I don't think it would have been the time to do that either. He absolutely loved it. He was clapping and, and obviously not singing because he doesn't know the know the words or anything. So, but thanks to Theo the Dragon who came and uh, gave him a massive wave. Now all he's talking about is whenever he says, uh, whenever someone's like, oh, "What did you do?" Obviously they know he went to. He said, "Ah, oh, saw Theo the Dragon." So he was still buzzing about that today. And obviously Theo, the scorer, Theo Archibald. I mean, obviously it helps that his name's Theo, so yeah. we can sing that that to him as well so that's why he's got that song great atmosphere as well yeah, very good you know uh, with the Oldham fans who were clapping us we were like a mutual appreciation which is how it should be really four goals and really thanks to everyone who sits around us for giving Theo the attention and making a bit of a fuss it was absolutely brilliant and to you as well Pleasure, you were sat in the car with him entertaining him for a, the thick end of an hour because I forgot my pass so I had to, <laughs> we had to come back so no and he absolutely loved it and um, he was talking about you after you've gone home uh, and so on so yeah I have told him though um, that we don't always win 4-0 yeah. and it's not always like that but you know he's only three so yeah best day out ever best game couldn't have picked a better game absolutely still buzzing about it now to be honest it was a great game I mean, it was very comfortable yeah uh, I think like I mentioned earlier I said if we could score first we'd get a few Archibald will obviously take the plaudits but he deserves it great performance 
he was everywhere. He was dangerous. For me, he, he's just head and shoulders above League Two. Yeah. You can just tell when you get these players like Moses in League One and you're like, this kid's much better than League One. Elgin yeah. as well when he played in League One. You're like, mate, you could what, tell. what are you doing here? Like, Why are you here? It's kind of the same f- feeling for Theo. Uh, great assist for the first goal and the third goal was all down to him. And again, when the players were doing their... Um, clapping the fans at the end I don't know if you saw this they're all clapping yeah. Harry Smith pushes Theo forward yes I so saw go that. on you take the they're plaudits. singing you they're singing you you go yeah. take the plaudits yeah. and he did and he loved it he did so well done to Theo but both full backs excellent I think we had that blip which to me looking back isn't a coincidence that Connor Wood was out of the team when we had that blip Connor Wood is a massively important player to I agree on, as on. is Tom James Viggs didn't have to do much but he had to be alert and make two big saves which he'd done Mitchell Bit of a dodgy start, I thought he had. Didn't look fairly comfortable for the first 15 minutes. But after that, didn't put a foot wrong. It was brilliant. Smith deserved his goal. Stayed on the pitch when I think lesser men probably would have been okay with being taken off. Yeah. Drinnen was fairly quiet, but effective. Didn't do much, but take got the first goal. Yeah. Led it, which is great. So all in all, couldn't be happier. Great week. Brilliant. Glad yeah. had a great day. Yeah, lovely. Thank you very much indeed. So those were our views, and we had a huge amount of feedback after this, obviously all positive. So thank you for all your views that came into our social media accounts, which are now sponsored by Town & Country, Hearts & Essex Estate Agents. Uh, you can find them on Twitter. They're at Hearts Town, H-E-R-T-S Town, and also Charlie, C-H-A-R-L-I-E underscore Paul, P-O-O-L-E. Um, so for all your property needs, those are the people that can help you. And again, we're going to try and read out as many as we possibly can, but just because we read them doesn't always mean that we agree with them. Yeah, let's start it off then with at Shrimpy underscore boy, who said four goals, four scorers, three points. Good day to be an O's fan. Soak it in and bring on the rest of the season. Yeah, and just one point, because I'm just about to read Ed Jones's that mentions it. You know, good luck to Oldham for the rest of the season. Yeah, I hope that they uh, are able to come come out of the uh, sticky period that they're in. So Ed Jones, 1976, says, top quality, feel for Oldham, but we were deadly in the first half on the break. Theo, different class. Yeah, it's a good point. I think we saw a lot of times, especially last season, where we had the better of the play, but there were just teams who were just clinical against us. And you said, yeah. well, why can't we do that? Yeah. And this year, we are the team. We are that team, yeah. Underscore Shivan Patak, so fantastic football. Scoreline speaks for itself, but of course, we deserved it. We were unafraid of taking on the defenders. Wingbacks caused them real problems and all the front line in a shift admittedly Oldham in a trough at the moment but can't complain Boatsy said he's, it's formidable we could have had more but what a result Theo was unbelievable and if this is hashtag jacket ball I like it and we're only going to get better and better each week yeah Boatsy hope you enjoyed yesterday came down from Scotland for the Premier League oh, so Ben thank you for your DM Great as well game. so that's a lovely DM so thank you Ben for all your support into us at Orient Outlook podcast towers Dan Alton 2590 said Oldham were the better side before the first goal which calmed us down massively and after that there was only one team going to win 4-0 was probably a bit flattering to us mm. but the final quarter we were popping it around beautifully Hope Prattley isn't injured slightly inclined to agree with that it was a bit like I said earlier you know we were two chances we scored two goals yeah. Yeah. Um, Oldham weren't that bad to, to, to be in at the end of that. But anyway, Wrecker Blue App said, composed performance against a poor side who only caused issues from long range. Really like the look of our team this season. I hope Oldham get their situation sorted and quickly as it does sound horrific. Yeah, good tweet down from Paul. PM31970 said, comfortable and good to see the forward scoring. Feel for Oldham though, as they had good support and they deserve better from their owners. I think the fact that we've been there gives us a lot more... 
empathy with empathy it. With yeah. it. You know how tough it is and how rubbish it is. So, you know, yeah. all you can do is put on a brave face through it and hope you get out of it. Agree. Frank Beavis said, solid at the back, clinical going forward. Theo was quality and good to see the wing-backs getting forward as well. On to the next. Yeah. Phalanx, 2-3-5. So the result like that against the team, we should be beating like that. Says it all, really. There's always going to be things we can improve on. That's just progression. Fantastic result. Yeah. Solid performance on the pitch. And you can't ask for much more, can you? Got to keep this up against others. Yeah, Peter Foreman said, Nigel Travis and Kent Teague and anyone else with influence, please, 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 sign Theo Archibald on a permanent 10-year deal. <laughs> Love this player. Great tweet. Lennon 4 said, had to be Oldham today and we did it very professionally. James and Archibald were absolutely fantastic, but a special mention for Connor Wood as well. He's a superb player for this level. Again, yeah. a player who we signed and I was like, meh, like he's been at Bradford, done nothing, like, you know, underwhelmed. Uh, but you think that? I think it's been brilliant. But you have to give him a chance in the in oh, the amazing. format, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think as as a point this season, it, we seem to be playing. We seem to have acquired players with something to prove, with a point to prove. Yeah. You know, their careers have not really gone to where they need it to do. Archibald, prime example, started off at a massive club in Scotland, um, and has kind of dropped. Um, and if he wants a career. He's going to have to improve and buck his ideas up and, you know, hopefully he sees that at Orient and he can Im- improve. I dare say if we don't go up this season, for example, he'll probably go to a sort of, a, you'd think, a top league one. Well, it's a good point, or actually. Or a, a top Scottish, top end Scottish club. It's a good point. Theo Archibald hadn't, again, through his post-match interview, which is on the club's YouTube channel, hadn't played a game in 18 months prior to coming to Orient. So you're like, mate, what are you doing for 18 months? Uh and also Connor Wood was at Leicester when they won the Premier League. So he's literally like good mates I think so with Harvey Barnes, who's now like in the Premier League. And you know, yeah. one's gone up, one's gone down. So yeah, fair play to him. It's just prove. how it goes sometimes, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah. yeah. Is it me? It is. It then is. M4. All right. Then M4. We just done. So Daniel underscore D. So D4. Oh, yeah. four, four. So top quality performance. So good to see an Orient team attack with purpose and defend so resolutely. Everyone had a good game. But Archibald was the standout. Has so much talent on the ball and so much determination off it. Bodes well for the rest of the season. Yeah, Matty, LOFC Evans said, superb win, battering a team struggling for a performance is what we should be doing to have a chance of finishing close to the top. I hope Oldham get their club back. There's too many proper teams with proper fans leaving the league through no fault of their own. Yeah, MS Orient, a great performance from all involved. We dictated that game from start to finish. It looked so strong. We didn't have to get out of second gear. This shows what a great season us fans could be in for. Kenny Jacket has all his players playing for him. Amazing stuff. Yeah, Stuart1973 said, very comfortable. There's only one Theo and it ain't Theo Wyvern. Legend, Stu. Love you, mate. You can only beat what's put in front of you and we did that calmly and confidently. And that's what Graham was saying to us, our mate Graham, after the game. Yeah. It's like, you can only beat what's in front of you. Absolutely. No complaints from us. W Smith, 125. So Fort James was absolute class. Was unlucky not to get a few more contributions. Was more gutted for Kemp not getting the fourth. Always puts a shift in and has been lucky with the end product recently. Yeah, podcast sponsor Big Ads LOFC said, good result, good goals, never really troubled. We didn't make hard work of it and we were ruthless. When do we say that often? Good luck to Oldham. Let's hope they rid their club of yet another toxic owner. Ian Hutchinson, 0-8, said, cruise through the game from the start. Very comfortable in the end. Absolutely loving the versatility of the team and in our formations. Very unpredictable to our opponents, which up to now is a massive, positive, good competition for places. And ended up saying in hashtag 
Kenny we trust absolutely Orient Electric said love the way we were ruthless even at 3-0 haven't seen that in an Orient side for a long time James was my man of the match good point there about being ruthless that's right 3-0 up and wanted more you know yeah. kept going for it Vince Howard 73 said Oldham didn't play like a club at the foot of the table I thought we showed how clinical mm. we can be when we needed to and some of the moves today were superb also a nice touch our players that the Oldham fans at the end good spot that's there. a really good point they actually spot. did I remember seeing that as well and I should have made a point about that that was really good so yeah loving that 1965 AC 1881 said don't like to pick holes in a 4-0 but at times they became a little too casual especially in the second half until the third goal overall though can't complain loved the breakaway goals Stassi Stassi said I thought Oldham created more opportunities against us than Exeter and Bradford and Vigoru was on form making some important saves wasn't an easy on the eye team display but great individual moments from Archibald and James we deserve those four very good goals Wadsey said honestly didn't play as well as we can but can't complain with 4-0 James was outstanding but Archibald wow didn't stop running the whole game and scored a deserved goal my man of the match. Feel desperately sorry for the Oldham fans and players. Wanted to give their keeper a hug afterwards. Yeah, Adam, it was good to see you outside the South Stand yesterday. I think he said he predicted 5-0 or so. Unlucky, mate, you almost got there. Joe Jessner, 16, said, We're seeing how important fullbacks are going forward in the modern game at last. One of the main reasons we struggled last year. Aside from that, I've never seen a side as vulnerable to the counter-attack as Oldham were, especially out wide. Really fear for them this year yeah Tricky O said I don't know if it's just me but when I look at the highlights or pictures from last year's games they all seem quite dark and depressing even when we won this feels different this feels like a method to the, to the madness and I can't wait to see where we come at end of the season good tweet Essex Biz a fantastic result and a very unorient like result at that we know that we normally make hard work of beating teams at the bottom of the league normally by losing but today we put them to the sword ruthless in all areas I'm getting excited for this season. Yeah, Willow Gaffer said, solid performance is the penultimate word. Second half was much better. Passed the ball with more purpose and lovely to see crosses going into the box. Like the look of Mitchell, old school centre-back. I think I agree with that. He's just a get stuck in and get it out. He's a Millwall centre-back. <laughs> yeah, Do you know what I mean? He's a brute. Thick neck. Brute. Yeah. yeah, and you know you're not winning a header against him. Uh, like the look of Mitchell, old school centre-back, he said, and thought Clay was solid again, but Theo and James stood out. James has so much composure. And I have to say, I think we mentioned it, uh, we've discussed it before, but our full-backs are an improvement on last much year's better. by some margin. They are. They really are. And the final word this week goes to Parksy1881. who said, did we play as well as we can? No. Were we levels above them? Of course 100% you can't argue with a clean sheet and four goals when we eventually fully click then League 2 should be worried good luck to the Oldham fans I hope you get your club back sooner rather than later great tweet to Emma on those were all views that came into us at Orient Outlook so let us know if you agree or disagree with any of those that we've read out you can do that by tweeting us at Orient Outlook or you can do it by emailing us at orientoutlook at outlook.com we are also on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast and we are also on Instagram, Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast. So if you don't follow us on any of those platforms or are missing one or two, please be sure to give us a follow on those bad boys. Yeah, I know we don't normally do this, but I'm going to quickly shout out there. I'm just partway through their interview with Kent, and, and Kent obviously always speaks well. Some good questions there, and, and Nigel was really good on the Orient Hour as well. Some really good questions, and he answered a lot. I mean, our budget has been pushed back, to, like a bigger, made bigger twat on two different occasions. So we all think we're getting budget. 
like low budget players in with points to prove, but actually they've had to increase the budget twice to accommodate the players that we have gone and got. So very interesting stuff uh, being put out there. So we move on then. Prediction league update. Again, absolutely baffles me how, how you guys keep correctly predicting. So Elliot JHP correctly predicted 4-0 and you get four points. Uh, sorry, and a, and a goal scorer, you get four points. Parksy, 1881. Uh, Neural, two. Tommy Atkinson, six. Nino, underscore, Barone. LOFC, Kite. You guys all correctly predicted 4-0 and two scorers, so you get five points. And Lewis, one five double three five four zero five. And Evilist Mix, uh, Evilist Mix, you guys both correctly predicted 4-0 and three of the scorers, so you both get six points maximum for yesterday was seven points so that is pretty spectacular that means the top of the prediction league is currently as follows Nino Barone is currently leading it on 15 points now we were talking about this before we pushed mm. record the winner last year was somewhere in the early or mid 30s so yeah. to be like halfway there and we're only in September I mean it's going to take some beating isn't it uh, 12 points is Parksy 1881 and on nine points jointly is Furlong BTW and at LOFC Teresa. So thanks to everyone for all your predictions. Yes, yeah, so let's move on into today's as we record. This Sunday, the 12th of September, well done to Tom James and Theo Archibald who made the Skybet League to team in a week. To be honest, it could have been a lot more O's players, but very happy to see Archibald and James get the plaudits. They deserve well done, chaps. Yeah, ladies match. Can't believe what I'm going to, about to read here, but they were in action away at Alexandra Park Women, and we're pleased to report they won by an astonishing 13-1 scoreline. Unbelievable. So absolutely well done to the ladies. Yeah, great first full 90 minutes in their league campaign. So at 53 minutes, 9 seconds, that's wrap this bad boy up. Fancy Football League update. So Jordan Reed. And James Durkan, currently joint top of our Orient Outlook podcast, Fantasy Football League. They've got 335 points. They're five points ahead of Dan S. Hall and Connor Monk, who jointly occupy second place. Currently, I'm in 243rd place out of 315 players, but it's a marathon, not a sprint. We'll see how the next couple of months pan out. Right, okie dokie. Positives and negatives then this week. Yeah, uh, go, yeah on. go on. Okay, so I'll do positives then. Uh, so we've got three. We could have had a lot more, really. Yeah. Uh, First one, four goals, four different goal scorers. I think we said last season, again, I don't want to keep comparing this lot to last season, but it was always like the same names cropping up. It's goals from your full-backs, your midfield and your front two. Uh, That's fundamental, yesterday. isn't it? Of course to it spread is. the responsibility. And Kenny's mentioned that a couple of times, yeah. like getting goals, so great to see. Secondly, a clean sheet, very important, great for the defence again. Viggs was on form. And lastly, up to third in League 2 the yeah. giddy heights we're setting ourselves to standards now to go and maintain it so great to see you so negatives yeah negatives Shad obviously testing positive Shad Ogie testing positive for Covid and obviously our injuries you know we've got a couple in that are due to uh, in the treatment room that are due to hopefully come out sooner rather than later hopefully Darren Pratt is injuries nothing more than just a knock Riley hopefully uh, isn't too bad off of uh, hit the knock that he picked up obviously uh, Paul Smith as well to, to come back from Injury, um, so yeah, we'll yeah. see. It's going to be decent once yeah. we've got everyone great, back fit. Great yeah. point, Adam Thompson as well. Adam we Thompson training yeah. this week, I think. Uh, yes, Kenny, Kenny said. said. Yeah. So let's move on into the Carol Langley Florist Hero of the Week. So we took this back to Twitter after a week off, where we just unanimously decided Harry mm-hmm. Smith would win it. This week we had the following nominees: we had Theo Archibald, Tom James, Harry Smith, 
and Connor Woods. I guess before we announce the winner, we had a tweet from LO Fans Trust by saying, whoever wins this poll, may we be so bold as to suggest some heroes of the week, namely the Oldham fans who protested loudly but respectfully and the Orient fans who joined them in solidarity. So no nominations for them this week, but great point by the Orient Fans Trust to continue to do a great job helping out the Oldham fans in their hour of need. So well done to the Orient yeah. Fans Trust. Yeah, absolutely. So the winner, unsurprisingly, Unsurprising. with a whopping 73% of the vote was Theo Archibald. Yeah, well done, Theo. Well deserved. Well deserved. So let's move on into the week ahead and fixtures. We've got two fixtures this week. First up, we host Southampton's under-23s in the Papa John's Trophy on Tuesday the 14th of September. And then on Saturday the 18th of September, we travel to Bristol Rovers, currently 21st in League 2. They lost 1-0 away to Hartlepool at the weekend. A game now we're probably going there thinking we should be getting a result, which... Always a difficult trip for the Rovers, no matter where they are in the league. It's you know quite an old school ground. They'll be well supported there. Yeah, Barton's team will, will be quite fairly physical, I would have thought. But we go there full of confidence and hopefully be able to pick up three points. Well, they're at the right end of the table at the time of us playing them um, yeah. in terms of being down the bottom end. I'm quite happy with that. But uh, yeah, all good there. So safe travels to anybody yeah. who is going to Bristol Rovers away. So we're going to end this uh, show as we always do with a sponsorship reminder. Don't forget, for the best plastering and rendering prices around, visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or Big Ads LOFC on Twitter for all your plastering and rendering needs. Yeah, so that is it. Thanks for everyone who has joined us for episode 200. And 56 in a week that's what a very comfortable win against the club who are going through a period of off field issues with their owners. So, we wish Oldham fans all the best in rescuing their club and hope they're able to focus on matters on the pitch very soon. But back to the O's, some superb individual performances showed a real togetherness amongst the squad who have adapted to their new formation with ease. And Alex Mitchell settling well into our back line, which all bodes well for a very positive season. And with another two fixtures coming up this week, hopefully, we'll have another positive episode on the way for you next week Uh, fingers crossed if you're listening on iTunes please subscribe give our podcast a 5 star rating it does help with the algorithms there also reviewing it will help other casual fans we seem to be getting quite a lot of followers from random random clubs as well on on Twitter so uh, absolutely so people are still finding us so uh, please pass the pod uh, if you're listening on any other platform, wherever you get your podcasts from, set yourself, set us as your favourite, and that way you'll get all our podcasts as soon as we upload them. We're also on smart speakers and obviously the fan engagement app, Fan Hub. There are people still joining that. If you need a code to join and skip the queue because there is a waiting list for it, let us know and we'll do our best to get one over to you. So couldn't be any easier to listen to us. If you've got an older relative or a loved one uh, or an Orient chum who you think will be interested in Orient stuff, grab their phone, download it for them and pass the pod. Yeah, so we'll be back with episode 257 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, stay safe, have a great week and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's. <laughs>